Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 66 of Honestly Unbalanced. This week's guest is the super inspiring powerhouse of a woman that is Johanna Hector, one of my own personal idols in the fitness world. She's someone that I really, really aspire to be like. It was an absolutely wonderful chat, and um, I'm sure that you're going to get so much wisdom from it. So Johanna, just to give you a little bit of background on, on Johanna, is a pioneer of physical and spiritual transformation. She's a leader in the global fitness and wellness industries and one of the most respected mind-body coaches and fitness experts in Scandinavia today. She has 20 years of experience as a yoga teacher and a fitness trainer, having featured in uh, as a Nike elite trainer for many years, also a writer and expert in Women's Health magazine and a leading concept developer for many Scandinavian wellness brands. Johanna's also founded her own company, uh, Global Yoga, which is a teacher training and yoga school where she, together with her team of teachers, aim to share their vision that yoga is for everyone and everybody. Johanna is constantly striving to be the best version of herself. She's really into biohacks and rituals and she shares so much wisdom and knowledge and light in this episode. So I really, really hope that you enjoy it as much as we enjoyed chatting to her. And yeah, have a great time listening. If you are interested in becoming a crystal bowl sound healer, keep listening because I have an upcoming sound healer training, crystal bowl sound healer training coming up at the end of July. Now this is a 12 week online journey so you can do it anywhere in the world. You'll be a qualified sound healer by the end of it. The course is accredited by the CMA. I'm currently just at the end of my first round with 30 amazing sound sisters and it has been such a magical, magical journey. So if you are feeling that call, perhaps you want to just simply integrate sound healing into your own life, into your own practice, just for personal reasons, or maybe you're a yoga teacher and you want to incorporate it into your classes, maybe at the end of Shavasana, you just want to learn a new skill, you want to help to heal the world in a new way, this course could well be for you. I have an early bird offer on and it ends at the weekend. So I think it's Sunday, the 3rd of July at midnight, it's going to end. And there is a two-part payment plan available as well. And then it goes up to the regular price. So if you head to hollyhustler.com, no T in Hustler, you'll find all of the information that you need plus the early bird offer there. And please do reach out with any questions that you have at all. And lastly, just before I let you listen to the episode, if you are in need of a new yoga mat, you want to treat yourself to a new, vibrant, non-sticky, excellent quality yoga mat, Life Form is your company that you want to go to. And lucky for you, we have a discount code. If you use Hustler at the checkout, that's capital at H-U-S-L-E-R, you'll get 10% off. Life Form are by far the best yoga mats going. We have many. They come in beautiful colours and... They're the ones. Go treat yourself. You are the typical Swedish person. You meet the stereotype. You have a sauna, and you're into yes. saunas. And you ha- <laughs> tell us how that fits into your daily routine. Because I'm kind of envious of that life. Saunas <laughs> and immediate access to cold water. Ah, oh, I I've always loved cold water. When I grew up, my mom she used to wash me in the sink we didn't have like a bathtub or like a regular bathroom or anything like that and it was cold water so i think also from being a baby my dad always talked about 
the brown fat layer in your body and the importance of being able to, um, you know, be out in real life and not just like in perfect temperature environments. So I have that from being a baby and then growing up, being a teenager, of course, I didn't care, but then becoming a mother and being really interested in fitness and in health and in wellness, um, I started jumping into the cold water uh, as soon as I, I had an opportunity because I always felt that it made me super clear. Uh, and, and then also having kids, I have three kids now, but I remember just like having our first child, I was so, so tired from like the sleepless nights and I could feel that my nervous system was really wired and the meditation didn't work. The yoga didn't help me. I, I, it, I was too tired. So that's when I started taking cold showers because it was kind of like the only way to regulate my nervous system. And then uh, I felt that I didn't have a sauna at the time. So I did to, to get the heat back up. I started doing like burpees or <laughs> oh. kettlebell works workouts. So it kind of, it boosted me because I got into the physical exercises even just like for eight minutes or like a tabata four minutes you know anything just to keep sane pretty much <laughs> and then gradually i build up saved money for a sauna and i got an infrared sauna and it's not it's not that hot as um, like a swedish or finnish sauna normally would be like a, a regular sauna but I really enjoy it because of the, the muscle soreness and the fatigue in my body also, aging, having kids, working a lot, teaching a lot. I, I feel that the sauna really soothes my nervous system. But I, I don't feel that I always need to do them together because sometimes I really just enjoy uh, feeling that my body can heat itself back up after cold exposure mm -hmm. and not going into the sauna. It's kind of two different experiences. Yeah, what, that was a long What do you answer. do when you're in the sauna? In the sauna? I have this really high-tech sauna and I am a multitasker. <laughs> 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 As many other parents and people nowadays. So I do listen to podcasts. I have a Bluetooth uh, and there's also like light therapy. So I do red light therapy in the sauna and I do listen to podcasts in the sauna. Oh, Carly, can we have one? Oh, maybe one day, maybe one day. <laughs> you're, you're a big fan of, uh, of life hacks and rituals. Yes. So where, yes. where did this, this come from? Have you always been this way inclined or was there sort of a point in your life where you thought, right, I need to change my life. I'm going to start looking at how I can improve it. And then you sort of started getting into this way of thinking or has it always been you? I love that question. Um, I've always, I, I'm very hungry for life. I am both a morning person and a night owl. Uh, <laughs> and, and so I've always had this, I think my dad died quite young. So I experienced death and loss and sickness quite early on in my life. And, and that kind of, you know, the, the, the beautiful part of that made me into like, I really want to suck out all like, 
like the bone marrow of life mm -hmm. while I'm here. And I'm very interested in being the best version of myself so that I then can be the best uh, mother, like for all of us, like community, students, whatever it might be, family. And, and so that's when I also was very interested in this, to how can I do things smarter and not harder? Mm. Because I came into that as a young girl, I had bulimia and, and, and I pushed myself so hard. There was for quite some time that as a teenager, I, I wanted to do everything right. And I, in my late 20s, I realized that this is not sustainable. I, I will not be able to live a long life by mm -hmm. living the, with the routines I have now. I could train for five hours a day. I could meditate for two hours a day. I could, it, everything was so extreme. So that's when I got interested in more of this biohacking that we see nowadays. And I have some issues around that as well. But, <laughs> but you know, like picking it and seeing like, ah, oh, this is interesting. How can I regulate my nervous system? And, and so I, I'm very interested in having a, a ritual that supports me being present in life. And, and then the, the important part is me being present in life not the biohacks, mm -hmm. not so much the rituals, mm -hmm. uh, but to keep sane in order to be uh, a more loving person to be around. So um, so any that you noticed, any hacks that have had a particularly good effect in helping you be present? Uh, yes, realizing that uh, as a mother, I, I do need to take my own time and my own practice I remember starting out as a yoga teacher and everybody was, all these senior teachers were talking about sadhana and the importance of daily meditation and yoga and being single, having <laughs> no kids, nothing. I mean, I, I had so much space already, so it wasn't, it was hard to get that routine in. But nowadays when my, my time by myself, just for me, not being productive, not being creative, not looking care of somebody else, it's so rare mm -hmm. so that that to get that in early in the morning is super important for me to do just maybe three minutes of breath work, a little bit of stretching, some kind of movement. Um, so, so that just on my soul and mental level, I, I just, I am a much more satisfied person throughout the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. When it comes to biohacking, uh, breath, definitely like just, beyond pranayama but the different breath techniques to regulate the vagus nerve i find uh, helps me to recover and so that i can push myself in workouts or in performances much more the cold exposure the cold shower is two minutes in the cold shower every morning it's amazing i don't feel awake without it and um yeah then not eating eating too late in the evening i also notice uh, helps me get more REM sleep and deep sleep. So there are a few of those. And you, you monitor this. Don't I just noticed on your wrist that a whoop band. Yes. Do you do you have? I it as would well? love one because I've been recently. I I like the idea of knowing what's going on in my body, but I don't like the idea of necessarily of having it displayed in my face all the time. Like I do love the Apple Watch, but I I just it just I couldn't. I couldn't really resonate with it because it was just too much information in front of me at all times and it distracted me. So I like the idea of a whoop band. What is it? Well, I just, yeah, tell us what the whoop band is. Yeah. How do you use it? 
it's very interesting because I'm not a numbers person, really. I'm a very intuitive person, but together with Whoop, I'm my best self. It sounds like it's sponsored, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I should be sponsored. <laughs> no, but, but what the Whoop is, it, it measures, it's a band, and just like you said, Adam, there is no display, so it's, uh, you have it in the app in your phone, and whenever I want to check my numbers, I go to the app. But there were no like beeping, nothing, um, and uh, it monitors. For me, what I'm interested in is monitoring my recovery. So it measures uh, the respira- respiratory rate, heart rate variability, your resting pulse. Also, of course, like when you're working out and and everything like that. But it has an amazing. It's a very holistic tool and. For me, and I have some amazing friends uh, that we use it together. So we have a group chat where we can uh, compete with like who's recovering the best, who's sleeping the best. And I really like that about competing in sleep, like who slept most hours. Mm -hmm. I think we need like more of that. Mm -hmm. Who kind of like uh, whose recovery is on top instead of competing in who who took the most steps today mm-hmm. or who did the hardest workout uh, and so on and and for me personally it helps me see what works for me what does make a difference and what doesn't which i kind of think is hard to orient because i'm very much into my emotions and sometimes they lie <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so my, some some days I, I wake up and i'm like uh I, I didn't sleep well i'm so tired and, and then i look at the whoop and i'm like i'm super green i had my best night's sleep like kind of ever and then i can go into more of a reflection like oh something else is weighing me down or i i'm act anxious or, uh, about something or and and then i can kind of you know, figure that out uh, and then trust my body more. Mm. So it helps me understand and trust myself, I would say. Do you feel that, um, I know you said that back in the day you, you pushed yourself quite hard. Do you feel that the, the, having all the rituals and the biohacks, it can become addictive in itself, you know, to keep always trying to find the next best thing? Or do you have your um, selection of things that you do and you, you stuck to that, if, if that makes sense? It makes sense and I think it's a very relevant question and it's it's part of the problem that I see around biohacking and um, it's easy to become addicted to biohacking mm. and it's easy to become addicted and I see that so much. Uh, of course, it's easier to see it in other people than in yourself, <laughs> <laughs> as always. Uh, and, and, but it scares me. Uh, in my own behavior, I could be it could pull me out of reality uh, and more into like, this is important. I need to do this. I need to do that. And I would say no to having dinners with friends or even saying no to doing things with my kids because uh, I don't have time for it because I need to hold my routine in my uh, biohacking and mm. so forth. And, and so I think it's, yeah, I think it's important to be aware of it. I'm very curious about it. And just saying like, no, I am doing these little things, my rituals, in order to be more fully integrated in life. Mm. So the minute, it, and it's, um, it, it takes presence because I don't know. Like today, I might need uh, to really honor my rituals and say, I really need this today. Mm-hmm. And then 
And then tomorrow I might be more like, you know what? Like, I don't really need it today. I, I want to focus on you or <clears throat> let's do that. And for me, it's that's the hardest part about being present and being flexible enough to say what matters the most in this situation. Mm -hmm. It's really hard. Can you relate to that? How do you... Oh, well, do you, do you know what? For me, I, I have the rituals that I know make me feel better, but I, sometimes I struggle with that sh the, with the discipline. And but I've sort of looked into that, and I used to think, oh, I'm just being lazy. But now I've I've sort of unpicked it a bit, and I realise it's self sabotage, because sometimes doing the things that make you feel really good, you feel guilty for it. Like, oh, I yes. feel like I'm having too much of the good stuff. I should be getting back to work back into that masculine mindset it's about feeling worthy of feeling that good all of the time mm. so I, I kind of made that realization recently so that's yeah although I love all of you know I love working to be the best version of myself as well um mm. but that's the part that I struggle with personally yeah oh thank you so much for sharing that I really resonate with that and I I'm sh quite sure that many of the listeners can can do that too and it's a it's a fine line for me I, I i totally relate to it and and i am there quite often mm. uh and what helps me is like this inquiry based uh that comes from the diamond approach uh this like being curious mm. it, that helps me open up instead of being judging yeah yeah even you know just to myself just it's like huh am i self-sabotaging here or or what's going on what's, and yeah. if I can have, what's a diamond approach What's that? Oh, it's a really interesting. Uh, do you know Path of Love? No. Oh, Rafi Anturia, amazing teachers, amazing teachers. And they have founded Path of Love partially on the work of A.H. Almas, who is the father and founder of the Diamond Approach. It's a really rich, rich body of work. And, and part of it is this, you call it inquiry. An inquiry is that you ask yourself questions. And the whole foundation of that is that you, you have to say that I don't know. Mm. Like some, uh, an inquiry that uh, I do with my partner is that we say like, um, what, do you decide, what do you want? Just that simple question. And I ask him for five minutes, uh, same question over and over, like, what do you want? What do you want? Gradually more like, aggressive. <laughs> what you have to, yes, you have to put it in the setting oh, otherwise he's it's hung just, upside down on a rope <laughs> poor Andreas just being, being yeah annoying uh, but but you can ask yourself uh and I would say the key is uh being curious and I find that many of us we're not often curious when we ask ourselves questions because we just want the answer. Mm. And if we don't have mm. it, we kind of get upset with ourselves mm. for not knowing. And I think we want often like quick fixes or we want something else to solve our internal problems. And that is one of my issues to some degree with both life hacking or productivity mm. hacking. Is mm. it, of course, it's all useful. And anything that kind of helps you live a better life is useful. But I think sometimes in looking for productivity or in looking for all of the best ways to optimize you actually forget how to live you forget how to just be in the moment get the point and be present with people mm. and you forget as you say why why are you doing this in the first place you're not biohacking for biohacking sake you're biohacking mm. 
just to free up some more time in the day perhaps or more energy mm. to do the things you love like walking in a forest mm. or jumping in the ocean naked, naked whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that is so spot on and i just recently listened to a podcast with tim ferris mm. uh who wrote the four hour yeah. work week and i remember reading it was it in 2000 it's an old book now isn't it yeah it's an old book he's now. ahead of his time <laughs> he, he is and he, but he talked about how uh it was like misinterpreted in so many ways because people, some people, uh, they just took like the biohacking out of it or they just took like the efficiency, how mm. to be more productive, whilst like the hacks are for that. But the whole philosophy of it is just like you said, Adam, to free up time to do more of what you love. Mm. Spending time in nature, spending time with friends, having deep conversations, not just to be able to work more mm. or to be able to be even more efficient doing what. Mm. And and it's easy to get caught in that, I think. We can apply that to money as well, though, can't we? The idea of we just want to earn more and more money and then that becomes a goal, simply to earn more money, when mm. actually real wealth is having the money to give you the freedom to do the things you actually want to do. Mm. Like, yes, like buy I, a sauna. <laughs> yes, I love that. And that was, that was me when I started my own company, I mean, it just happened. I didn't think about being a, I never thought I would, I would live teaching yoga and that was never the plan. But then uh, I was teaching more and more yoga. I had less and less time for studies and eventually I was living off uh, teaching yoga. And then it expanded so quickly that I was doing so much work that I started like taking uh, a taxi somewhere where, where we Swedes, we always take the bus or, you know, uh, and, and I started spending more money because I earned more money yeah. <laughs> and I, I started spending more and more and I was quite often very tired. So I had to treat myself with nicer <laughs> stuff <laughs> and with nice dinners, you know, just to, to pet myself like, yeah, it's going so well. And at the end of the day, when I looked at my balance those years, um, my my finances were down. I earned more money, but I also spent much, much more money. And so me and my husband, we sat down and, and we all, I mean, I run my company, he run his business, and then we have one business together. But quite early before before we decided to start a family, we sat down and he was in expansion phase. I was expanding, thinking about hiring people and so on. But we're just like, okay, what is what kind of life do we want to live? Like what would be the dream? And then we talked about like the dream is to be able to have a home near the ocean. We love the ocean, both of us. That was super important for us. And then we want to be able to travel a lot. So we don't want the home to be too expensive so that we feel that we need to work like every day, 24 seven year long. So we just set up some goals for us. Like what is most important to be able and and at the, at the time in his work, he could not travel uh, because he was sitting in an office and I could. So I could travel, but he could not. So that he was stuck in that. And if he would have expanded his business in that direction, he would have been even more like uh, had to stay at the office and wouldn't have been able to travel. And so just sitting down there and now today, like 10 years later, we are living that. 
that dream. We're not making that much money, uh, but but we are free, like the way we feel um, freedom. Mm. We can travel, we can go away for a month, and we can be there together. Mm. He's not stuck in an office, and and uh, we don't have that high costs. So I think it's a very relevant question mm. to ask yourself. It's a bit, we've known you for five years now i think maybe oh, maybe five or six god it's time fly, time flies but you know the moment mm-hmm. i met you like full of energy glowing the the relationship you and andreas have is stunning you're like you know he's like james bond yeah swedish james bond like what what do you put that down to obviously that's just what we say like we don't see into your relationship but presuming <laughs> it is, it is as it seems. Uh, like, what do you put? What do you put that down to? The fact that you always, both of you, are always kind of so glowing, so smiley, uh, seeming so content. Um, we do balance each other. We're very. Uh, he is very steady. I feel very safe with him. Mm. He gra- He's very grounding. He's very calm. Uh, we work together, but we don't do the same things. Um, he is not a yoga teacher. He, he, he practices yoga his way. Uh, so we're not like in each other's face all the time. But but, but that being said, I think it's he's very grounded um, and, and open-minded. And I'm very playful, energetic. Uh, I come up with crazy ideas. Uh, uh, all like in the in the strangest moments and and he's he says yes to me uh but he also grounds me so we keep each other we inspire each other he gives me the 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 space to relax and and feel calm and the support mm. uh and i bring him like the playful energy the dreams pushing him to say like, no, there's more out there. there there's more to experience. And um, I think that, that we feel safe with each other in that way. Mm, um, and then I maybe, uh, yeah, I am still to this day so deeply uh, in love with him. Aww. And I have been since the day I met him. Mm-hmm. So there's something there, like also the attraction part of it. Um, yeah. And as part of your, as, <laughs> I don't know. As, as part of your asking why to each other, not why, what, what do you want? Uh, as part of asking that, <laughs> is there like a gratitude part of it? Is that kind of the acknowledging mm. what we have as well? It is. We have this ritual where we do eye gazing. Do you do that? We have done yeah. that actually. We've once, once. Once. Yeah. I think I used to do it on yeah. dates. <laughs> I read. I read. <laughs> What? <laughs> there was this this is awful this is like 10 or 11 years ago they released this like academic article which was like if you ask this series of questions like a hundred questions and then do eye gazing for 15 minutes you're kind of going to fall in love uh and did, like, did the woman know that you were doing this or I, I, no it wasn't like i just happened to ask because i think i was like oh i read this let's try it oh <laughs> were, were women open to it uh yeah didn't really work. It didn't really work <laughs> as expected. It's a bit all a bit weird. <laughs> Especially like a hundred questions. It's quite a few drinks. <laughs> That's a long time. It's more of yeah. a drinking game. <laughs> 
So carry on. You, you do the eye gazing. <laughs> but I love that. But yeah, I mean, we got married just like, I think, uh, a year before you. You celebrated three years now? Or yeah, was it? it was 2019 we got married. Yes. Yeah. And Andreas and I, we got married in 2018. And then we already had two kids. So we had Leonie and Jacqueline. So, um, but that we started seeing uh, a coach. Um, uh, a woman that uh, I had been working with uh, just to not that something was off but once he proposed to me we had this like but why should, should we get married is it because of the legal stuff because for both of us having a child was already the biggest thing for us so the wedding had to to be something more was it just a party or what was it so we started seeing this uh amazing coach and uh together with her we created this ritual mm. where we do eye gazing so we try to do it every week wow. but sometimes it, we end up just watching netflix instead that's <laughs> life but we do feel our best both of us want to do it and i think that is key if i ask andreas like should we do the ritual he always says yes and so it's not like nagging or coming only mm. from my part or only from his part because we do feel for us and I think also again having three kids running three businesses like we're in each other's space almost all the time so just sitting down and doing a short meditation and just opening our eyes and looking into each other's eyes we normally start crying because oh. it's so emotional in the sense that and for me, it's also this, it's not new agey at all. It's just like, wow, I just realized like, wow, here you are. Oh my God, what happened this week? Like, I don't know if I ever even looked deeply in your eyes for 20 seconds or, you know, because life just, it happens, it speeds on. And so we do the eye gazing and it's also very, very sensual. Like normally after the eye gazing, we have then this inquiry where we ask each other gratitude and um, if something is off or expectations for the coming week. Um, but normally we just like can't wait just to get into each other's arms and mm -hmm. make out because it's, it, it awakens this like kind of like two magnets. And during the week, stuff comes up in between. Just tiny stuff, like he didn't pick up his uh, shirt and he left it there and it just like builds something mm. in me. I'm like, ah. Eh. And then I do something, I forget to lock the door on my way out and it builds up some frustration in him and he just goes, ah. Eh. And then, you know, gradually it's just this small stuff. But then when you see your partner, you're not super attracted anymore because you just like have all these little annoyances and we're just human i think we all do it mm. but just to be able to clear that and then when you it's like ah there you are and i see his innocence and mm. i see his love like like he's really doing his best and uh and he sees that in me and so i think that that ritual for us is a is a really profound and uh yeah, I really value it. So. I love that. It's so beautiful. I love that. Should we start doing that? Yeah, we should. Yeah. We should start doing uh, that. But, I, but I, I get what you mean in relationships in that little things, we let little things build up or people can do. Yeah. Little things build up or or you keep 
you you create a narrative in your head that becomes kind of even though there might not even be an argument, you create a narrative and you hold on to that. Like, I think we've always been firm believers that if there is anything bubbling, as yeah. soon as possible, just tackle it. Like yeah, within yeah. within ten minutes. Well, you're good at that. If, there, I, if I there's an the... argument, that like we just say, right, what we're we doing <laughs> as in a relationship, what makes us happy? When the other person is happy, if the other person is sad or angry, naturally mm. that makes our life harder. <laughs> Again, what do we want? We we both want to be happy. So, it's so why selfish. not just deal with this as soon as possible? <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit I'm a bit of a child. I still sort of st- stamp off, but you're the good one that that nips it in but the we've bud. We've learned that early. <laughs> there was once yeah. where I said I was watching a TV show, and I said to Holly, hey, it was like a ridiculous TV show, like a funny one. I said to Holly, yeah, <laughs> Holly, uh, yeah, this is you don't. She's like not enjoying it. It's like yeah, you, it's just a bit too intellectual for you, isn't it? <laughs> And she just went upstairs. I thought he meant it. And then I found her like an hour later I, like, crying. Slammed. I and was like angry. crying. I like slammed the door. <laughs> I got in a strop because I thought he was being serious. Yeah, I need to work on this. Yeah, and I think that would have probably gone on for a few... This is a few years ago. That would have gone on for a few days if I hadn't been like, right, let's talk. And I feel you. I feel you, Holly. I'm I'm like that too. I'm like that. I I am slower. Like, and I can notice that in our kids as well. And I think it's a personality thing. Mm. Uh, and and some of uh, one child is super quick. She's yeah. just like angry, raw. And then she says like, mommy, I love you. Aww. And then the other child, she she is so internal. She has this super high integrity and something happens and I can just see. And I probably because I can relate to her that it happens. She goes in, she analyzes it like, Blah, 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 blah. And then the emotion gets stuck. Mm. So I kind of have to really, I really have to go after her. And and, and, I, and if I say like, what happened? She's like, oh, nothing. Yeah, And it's exactly yeah. like me. Because it goes inside and then it gets stuck. And then I can notice her energy. Like it's way lower uh, until something larger happens and then she gets like a good cry or even a good scream and then I can say like hey what happened if we go back I noticed this like half an hour ago this little thing happened and I noticed you getting upset but we couldn't talk about it then and she's like yeah that's right but I I just couldn't handle it you know and and so I think it's a very interesting thing I mean it's fortunate that some some people are like you, Adam and Andreas, that that you can like grab yourself in the moment. And uh, but there are many of us out there who are slower, and perhaps we also need some help to move the energy mm. through the system because emotions are non-negotiable. I mean, even mm. if we wish that, I wish I didn't feel upset about this. It's just a small thing, but I already feel upset. So that moment when you feel upset. It's too late to judge it, and it's also too late to to try to uh, avoid it. Mm. And instead, that helped me a lot uh, to get to move the energy. Like, um, have you read the Untethered Soul? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It talks a lot about that. that. Yeah, yeah. Have you read? Yeah, yeah. I really love that book. And mm. and just like to maybe with breath work of movement, uh, sound, or you know, to move it, mm. and then the sooner we can catch ourselves. Mm. And nowadays we have we have a word, a code word. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's with me and um, my daughter. It, when that happens, we say the code word. And she can say it to me as well. And our code word is ice cream. <laughs> so it, as soon as something happens, I can see it in her eyes. She, she She's about to go to that place. And I can just say ice cream. And she's like, right. Wow. 
and we can kind of it's a catch it yeah i, th- yeah. I was gonna s- ask that because i think these triggers little triggers can be useful for instance i know there's certain this is a bit of a weird comparison but certain weightlifters i know like olympic weightlifters they have almost a a soundtrack that they put on that is only ever used for when they're about to lift a heavy weight and it, and it takes them to a place, you know, or people use yes. that for a flow set. This is the only, this is the soundtrack I have on that. It's exclusive for when I'm writing a book. But, you know, other right. triggers as well could be like a hug. So just yes. whenever you just hug it out or have sex or, or <laughs> a code word, yeah. as you say, just little things or spraying yeah. with a water pistol. Uh, yes. It works on cats. <laughs> it smells. It's like a scent. <laughs> but I think no, creating I think... your own triggers to help you as a couple come back to the normality, yeah. come back to the moment, yeah. Mm. Yeah, to wake up because that that is the problem that yeah. I see, and also in many yoga communities these days. Like when I see, if we look back to the broader tradition uh, of spirituality, it's about like waking up, becoming mm. more ready, becoming more like in the present. And so often we see that it's kind of this like tired looking. Mm. When you see some people meditating or going into, you, you see that. It's a it's a retreat from the world, mm. almost like a snooze button, instead of a of a way to wake up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really, yeah, I like this like wake up, grow up, show up. Yeah. We need all those three steps together. Like wake up is not enough. Like once you woken up to yourself, like like the two of you have, you become interested in growing up, like yeah. taking responsibility of your relationship of your of your students of your business uh, of your soon-to-be family and and then showing up it's not enough to just grow up and do your biohacks the next step is you're about to become parents so you need to show up show up for somebody else than you and Mm. you already do it both of you so you are super prepared but but it's going to be another kind of show up and how can we how can we do that more I'd love to talk about, um, I read about how you used to be um, sort of in the masculine mindset as lots of us are, you know, doing, 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 and then you sort of discovered the power of the feminine, as it were, and the power of rest. So I'm just wondering, because this is such a sticky point for so many of us women, particularly. So how did you first sort of discover that that was a really important part of, uh, you know, doing life? And did you find it difficult to kind of make the transition from, you know, masculine, masculine mindset to inviting in the the slower way? Yes. <laughs> yes, of course. The answer is yes. I, I, I found it out. Uh, I joined a course that was called Pussy Power. Oh, yeah. who this is this? My... <laughs> Got a little cat behind you. Oh. Yes. <laughs> And uh, it, it was a Swedish teacher, but she had been uh, doing a lot of work in Los Angeles. Uh, it was a course, a six-week online course. Uh, this was seven years ago, and I signed up for it. Uh, I just had our second daughter, so we had two kids. I was in this, like, she was six months, so I hadn't slept for almost a year, and I was so run down. So I was like, okay, I need to. I need to do something cold showers, but something more <laughs> to uh, to be myself again. Uh, and I signed up for the course. And one of the first things we did, we did a lot of philosophy and talking. But I remember strongly one thing that um, this was online, so everybody was in their own private setting. And uh, one exercise was we took a mirror 
and we uh, got undressed and you had to look at your own vulva with a mirror and then you had to draw it with colored pencils and glitter and stuff. And I remember being, you know, working in the fitness industry for 20 years. I know every little bit of anatomy of the body, but I had never, ever seen that body part of mine. And I knew so little about it. And it was just shocking to me on so many levels, on a knowledge-based level, on a, you know, all on an emotional level. And, this, and, and also I noticed that I thought that it was going to be just a mess down there because I had two kids and I was like, <laughs> I'm just going to be like a big meatloaf. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, and then I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, she's beautiful. Oh my God, Akela is gorgeous. And I got so proud of her and... <laughs> You know, I started, so that was a aha moment. And of course, that's only like the tip of the iceberg, but that unleashed so much. So I would say I, I am super interested in it, both for myself and for other women. And that led me down the road of desire, work like living from fulfillment uh, rather than lack and rather more from being rather than doing. And I, I hadn't come across that in my, in my studies as a yoga because my yoga practice had been more of a hatha, asana, ayengar kind of, even vinyasa yoga. But, but this, this pure pleasure-based practices and living from desire and also investigating the feminine way that, that is in both of us, like in... Uh, if you're a woman, you have both feminine yeah. and masculine energy. So it doesn't have anything to do with your sex. But the feminine, like you said, Holly, is this receiving. And I noticed that my entire life I've been training masculine. I've been doing masculine. Even my yoga practice became masculine. Uh, doing, uh, performing. Um, and the meditation part of it, and I had practiced a, a little bit of yoga nidra, but it was kind of too dry for me. I always felt itchy when they started, and feel your mm. right thumb. I was like, oh my God, this is going to take forever. <laughs> I don't have time for this. <laughs> so it wasn't. And when I started diving into these feminine practices, what helped me a lot is that they were uh, turned on. And the yoga nidra practices and the meditation practices and the rest practices that I had come across before, they were so dull. In, in my world, I needed something more exciting. And that's when I find Uma Dinsmortali in the um, UK, uh, amongst other teachers. And I found her yoga nidras to be so exciting, so juicy. Like she was out sitting by a waterfall guiding this, like there were birds mm. and there was nothing like you have to lay down or you have to stay awake. Mm. It was just like, oh, welcome home to yourself. And um, mm. and that that has really helped me. So just before this conversation, I did like a 15 minute yoga nidra. I do it every day and it really switches me from my masculine, like working in front of the computer, mm. organizing yoga games, global yoga, do, 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 do. And it takes me into the sweetness, like the nectar, the amrita. And from this place, I am much more playful and I can also receive my husband mm. much more instead of being in a place of lack 
where I feel that he doesn't appreciate me, he doesn't see me, he doesn't value me, which is often in the masculine energy where we feel that. And when I'm in the feminine, I can receive. And I, I'm not, I, I'm, still tr I'm still learning that. I'm, I'm not that good. I'm a giver. I have a hard time receiving. It doesn't come that natural for me. So uh, it's, uh, it's a lovely practice. Mm. It's, yeah, talk talk business now. <laughs> Back to the masculine. Yeah, let's make <laughs> off. <laughs> when did so you you originally were a kind of fitness trainer? When yes. did the shift? When did the shift to yoga happen, and why? Well, it started. Uh, I became a yoga teacher in Sweden in two thousand and two, long time ago, and then I was drafted by Nike. Uh, because that was in the era where yoga became more popular and so Nike was looking for yoga teachers and yeah there was just this woman from Nike she came across me teaching one day and so um, I became sponsored and became an ambassador for Nike so I've always been my way in was yoga but in oh, the okay. fitness setting you know so I was around people I was I was teaching yoga. The other ones were teaching spinning, aerobics, uh, classes like that. Uh, but I, I've always felt very comfortable in a gym setting. And um, yeah, I love Olympic weightlifting, kettlebell fighting in combination with yoga. I've always been very interested uh, in that combination. And in the beginning, my yoga classes were very, very physical because I liked when people came to the yoga class and they were like this buff people like, yeah, I don't do yoga. It's too slow for me. And I was like, I'll show you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and this was back in the days when everybody had this like uh, idea that yoga was just sitting down and closing your eyes and huffing and puffing a little bit. So that was my way into the fitness and, um, and yoga. And then it's now become a massive business for you. That, was that always a plan? Did you always think it would become that? Did you, or did you think you'd just be kind of a, you know, wandering yoga teacher? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I had no plan. I thought I would be a lawyer as something oh, serious. Wow. That yeah. was like, yeah. I was like, yes, I'm going to have my own sign on the desk and people are going to respect me. <laughs> I, I think I was, I, I saw it in the American movies, kind of that kind of lawyer. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah. But then, um, so I was studying uh, and teaching yoga and then I was teaching more and more. Uh, and then one day somebody, so I was working with Nike and I was working with Les Mills. So training trainers in body balance and in uh, body jam and classes like that. Uh, and one day they asked me, there were in Sweden, there were no yoga teacher trainings at the time that were kind of the style that I was teaching because it was either like a pure Hatha yoga that you had to do two years or it was a fitness yoga that was only two days. So there mm -hmm. wasn't in Sweden anything in between. This was in 2005. And, um, and so they asked me if I could do a teacher training for, the, for them. Uh, and I was like, I just heard myself say yes. And I was like, oh, what the fuck did I say? And then I had a year. And so I built, that's how Global Yoga was born. And I built the first uh, teacher training and it, I held it in 2007. It was the first yoga teacher training. And I struggled for so many years teaching teacher trainings with one or two students. I mean, traveling, living off noodles. And, uh, but I loved it. I, I, I loved it. And today uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I can live off of it. And um, 
It's uh, the biggest uh, teacher training in Scandinavia where we have taught, I think we trained over 1,500 wow. yoga teachers wow. up to this point. Big and, number. And what's coming up for you in the future? Do you, do you never have a plan? You just go with the flow or have you got some sort of things that you are thinking about? I get so many plans all the time. And the problem is that then I have to execute. What do you say? Like I have to execute, execute yeah. them. So I'm trying to hold back on all my plans and sit on my hands so that I could have some <laughs> summer holidays. But uh, yeah, we just started Global Yoga Online, which is online courses. Uh, so it's um, with breath work and mental training. And, and so we, we're building the online portal. We've been doing that for the last uh, two and a half years, just before COVID. So that was timing. Um, but but the, that is the next, uh, what I'm working on for the coming year, is to build a big portal uh, with, um, with content for our global yoga teachers so that you don't have to do everything yourself because I see that as a problem today being becoming a yoga teacher there was no Instagram when I was teaching yoga in the beginning but nowadays as a you might start out because of the passion for yoga but nowadays you also have to market yourself yeah. you have to brand yourself you have to take nice pictures you have to do the business side and everything of it and some people are not that's not where their passion is in it mm -hmm. so that's what we're building in global yoga this like portal where you can lean lean into it and so that you can do this thing that you love and then you can just click and collect all the bits and pieces um, so that you don't have to drain your energy doing that what kind of teaching do you love most as in do you like teaching the conferences the uh, the trainings the workshops the classes what do you what gives you the most thrill uh I think the variety of it, okay. I, I, I do love having all three legs. Like at the moment I'm teaching five regular classes a week and I love doing that because I know my students, they know me and they're, they're not this high expectations and we can just dive into the deep practice of it. And then conferences, I do, I love when people don't know me. I love, you know, because they have no expectations. So I love going to different you places. Can, you can use the same jokes and the like, same jokes, yeah. same instructions, yeah. all of that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that. And also sometimes here in Sweden and yoga games, people come because they see my name maybe more. And, and I, I'd rather go teach where people have no idea, where they have no expectations. I really like that. And then I do love, love teach teacher training because you can really dive into mm. the juicy parts of it and have deep conversations. And, and so, yeah, the combination, nice. if I can say so. Should we do some quick fires? Yeah. Should we do some quick, quick fire round? What are you reading at the moment? Uh, Existential Kink. Who's, Recommend it. Who's that by? Oh, what's her name? I don't have it. Don't now, worry, we can are we find allowed it. to do follow? You're not allowed to do follow ups. A quick fire question. Oh, sorry. Okay, your turn. Go. Oh, go. go. <laughs> You're so naughty, Holly. Not gone in there, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> what has been the best thing you've purchased in the past year that isn't like really expensive? I would say my house. <laughs> the house. <laughs> uh, the best purchase. Uh, tape. To tape my, my, I tape uh, my mouth. Oh, so not, not Andreas, your, oh, your mouth. No. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, that's for nostril breathing, is it? Yes. Yeah, okay. If you were to have one hour 
to yourself, kid-free, husband-free, what would you do with it? Pole dancing. Oh, love that. That's a great place to finish. <laughs> well, any any little quotes or anything like that you'd like to leave us with that means something to you? Or that, Ooh, or that motivate wake up, you? Wake up, grow up, show up. So whatever level you are at the moment, don't stop there because we need you. We need each other. Perfect. That's a lovely so way to lovely. end. Thank you so much. Thank you, Joanna. Thank you. Honestly Unbalanced.